Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. Uh, you want to talk about direct-to-consumer golf clubs? We have the guy, Jason Hyland from Sub-70 Golf. We've been trying to do this for quite some time. Jason, thanks for joining. And before, before we get into your story and why you should be shopping at Sub-70, one thing I want to tell you is I already placed my order. I placed it last week. Mm. And it was quite smooth. I'll talk through that a little bit. I didn't even get the, uh, the the family handshake discount on this one. I just placed the order. Never, nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, what I do want to know, what I do want to understand is what is in your glass and what are you going to be sipping with us tonight? I have got one going. I was just down in Nashville uh, visiting Kenton Bryant and his wife down there listening to some live music. So I was lucky enough to get george dickel hand selected like small batch single barrel nice i may have i may have to get up from the from the uh from the pod chair and i may have to pull my george dickel out as we continue to talk about this i've got one of those too so so let me ask you and we're going to talk a lot about golf even though the show is called birdies and bourbon and sometimes bourbon i'm definitely a better drink well i don't know you'll be the judge of that once we get done with the show uh but i feel like i'm a better drinker than i am a golfer and probably most people could say that unless you're collecting a check on Sunday. However, uh, are you a Dickel fan and, or is that your first bottle of Dickel? So I'm, I, I don't drink a lot of George Dickel, but I just kind of went down there when we were in, <coughs> excuse me, in Nashville. And I went to a liquor store that had like really good reviews for like stuff. I'm not going to get up near Chicago. Then yeah. I, they had like great, um, like their staff really knew their stuff. So I'm like, all right, Walk me through something I might not normally grab that you guys love that I should bring back. And this was on their list. And they had just like tons and tons of small batch stuff I've never seen. Even like, like I like Jack and Cokes. So, you know, but that's like generic. They had hey, Jack hey, and- hey, however, you like your liquor is the way you like your liquor and you should enjoy it. And I like them, but they had like Jack Daniels bottles I've never seen before there of like small this, small that. So the liquor store was like great. It was very boutique-ish. And I just let them tell me, they guided me. And then I bought it and brought it back to Illinois. And this stuff though is fantastic. Like it's so good. Hey Cal, real real quick. Um, we do need to finish the show before you leave and start going towards that story. He's going to tell you where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> it's only it's only like a three and a half hour drive for me. I mean, I could be up and back before it's time to go to bed, kind of. So, uh, so hold on. So, uh, did you only get? I'm not talking. Did you get one bottle of Dickel? I know it's supposed to be a golf show, but uh, sometimes you know, like I said, we're not going on no rabbit holes, and everything's going to be straightforward. No curveballs here, Jason. Uh, but did you get one bottle or did you buy multiple bottles of different things? 
one i just bought one bottle okay. uh we were on the way home um grandpa and grandma i still have little kids at home so they were they were wanting uh, the relief so the wife kind of she was driving pulled in got some stuff for the guys at the office and i just got i just got one bottle Ooh, so so you did the uh you did the hey hey uh hey mrs highland if you'll just pull over here i won't ask you for anything else for a while <laughs> we gotta just cruise in here i have to do this i have to do it for the guys at the shop i had nothing to do with this right <laughs> so i, I use that as the excuse but i told like the promise i could have spent like two hours in that liquor store because they knew this stuff so well and they had a bunch of different tasting and i probably would have left half lit which you wouldn't have appreciated either but like next time i go down i didn't realize down there they have that much different stuff to choose from i'm i'm definitely going to make it like part of like on the way home or on the way down like i'm stopping and I'm going to buy more than one bottle. I had to kind of like cruise in, cruise on the Sunday and get out of there. But if you can mention, if you can mention, was it, uh, and I can't think of the guy's name, but it's, it's like an Irish kind of sounded like McPherson's or McFarley's or do you remember the name of the store? Yeah. And I can't remember because it was North of town when we were driving out. So we just looked like, you know, at liquor stores kind of near us on the way North of Nashville. And this one had like a really good review, but it was like a really nice, what was the name of the city? It was maybe like 25, 35 minutes North of Nashville. Hmm. Uh, it began with an M I think, but it was like Mount Juliet. Murfreesboro. No, Murfreesboro South Mount Juliet. Yeah. Maybe. No, it wasn't that. But like the store was like really nice. Like you could, it was first class. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Cause we were just kind of like heading home, looked at the Google reviews, looked online, like, yep, that's our place. And they took good care of me, but it's well, stuff. as usual, I've completely derailed the conversation. <laughs> we're supposed to be talking with Jason Highland, uh, uh, g- golf, uh, golf D to C direct to consumer extraordinaire. And, uh, here we are in a bourbon, uh, bourbon rant. So, uh, at least you'll be drinking some good bourbon while you're doing it. And I ain't lying. When you, when you see me get up in a few minutes and go over to the shelf, I'm going to get that, uh, Dickel 15. That was a store pick. And I'm going to have some of that because you just reminded me of how good it is. It's awesome. Just reminded me. I was treated well. Awesome. So, so let me tell you, uh, or let me ask you, Jason, let me ask you. So I, I've, I've, uh, we, again, we've tried, we've scheduled this a couple times and we, we've had some, some mix up. So I apologize for that, but we're connected. Um, how does a, how does a Chicago land kid hitting golf balls off of a rooftop, worrying out his, uh, what are we on? We're on our, uh, we're on our, 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 our junior, junior tour, six iron Wilson North jr. Northwestern yeah. junior pros, Chi Chi yeah. Rodriguez is from farm and fleet. That was yeah. my first. So, yeah. So, so just, just plastering the side of the barn. How yes. the hell do you go from that? to uh i i see the line i see the seven zero if you're just listening you should check us out on youtube at birdies and bourbon for sure maybe it'll be posted on sub 70s page we'll see how this show goes but how do you get from hitting into a barn into uh what damn well everybody calls the best direct to consumer golf club in the market uh my golf spy that it's, it's a long, long journey. So I grew up in a town, uh, Hinkley, Illinois, that had about a thousand people and I grew up and it was like a half hour to the nearest fast food restaurant. So there was not much farming community. So there wasn't a lot to do. And we were on the outskirts of town where there were barns in our backyard. And um, just for, you know, self-entertainment, you know, I would 
use my dad's clubs and I enjoyed hitting golf balls and I like baseball and all the other sports, but like you could actually do it on your own. I was an only child, you know, even though we had a bunch of kids in the neighborhood and stuff. So I could go out there, get a bucket of balls and whack them against the barn. Right. And, uh, I liked it and, you know, I could get it airborne. I got fairly decent hand eye coordination. And then my dad saw that I was really kind of interested in it, went and bought me a junior set of clubs at farm and fleet. So I had, I used to use my dad's clubs, which like really heavy. And then that was my first set. And I just kind of fell in love with it. Like I, I enjoyed figuring out how to hit a proper golf shot. So played all the other sports, but kept playing golf. We go to the high school, you know, uh, cross town, you'd ride your bike, like you pull the little handle with your cart while you're riding your bike. Right. And we'd make our own golf course. There was no golf course in Hinkley. So we would dig out little holes and we'd make par threes or par fives. And he's with your buddies. We played golf, you know, just kind of naturally like make a hole and how many strokes does it take to get it in? We do that all the time. So I still kept loving it. And then, uh, gosh, when I was maybe 12 or 13, my parents bought a membership at a nine holer for the family in Shabin, Illinois at Indian Oaks country club, which is a public golf course. They called it a country club. It's a good nine hole track. Like it's, it's solid, like good architecture. So then my mom would drop me off and I would just, you know, do the circle over and over and over again. Old guys would yell at you if you got out of line. It was kind of like growing up like that. And, um, you know, got decent enough to play college golf at a community college, but realized quickly, I, I don't have, you know, that level of talent to do anything with it professionally. Like, could have been maybe a club pro or something like that, but not going to make my living playing professional golf on a touring level. So then got in the equipment side of it, worked at pro shops and worked at a company called SMT golf, which is a golf component company through college. And then just never got a real job past 17. So from 17 and going through college and I graduated from the university of Oshkosh, Wisconsin with a business degree and the internet was coming out. I started my first golf component company. I was 22 called diamond tour golf, which we still run today. So I never, I just kept, it, it never, like I started playing and loved it, but it, the passion never like died when I was 16 or 19 or 22 or like, I've never had a real job in 31 years. So it's, it's, I've just been, been say, you're bragging now. Now you're just bragging <laughs> and you're making Dan and I envious. I haven't had a real job. Like I haven't had to show up for what I consider like a real job in a long time. I had real jobs growing up. Like golf has always been fun for me. So it doesn't even like on the business side of it. So I don't feel like I have a regular job. Like I get to do my hobby, which yeah. is awesome. That's awesome. That is so, awesome. It, it, the, the dates, it, it, and I don't mean to cut you off, but maybe yeah. I can uh, kind of spark some, uh, some, some more conversation or some more uh, feedback from you. I mean, like you were kind of, I mean, direct to consumer, right? I mean, you can start naming them and I'm sure, I don't think you're afraid of talking about all the, uh, or the, the other direct to consumer people that are out there and, and, and no, it, it's not in any, uh, derogatory or it, 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 it's, it's a neutral way. A lot of people are doing a good things about, uh, you know, the big five that are out there and all the R and D and everything that's happening. But so you, started really early in the direct to consumer market. And, and I'm not talking about sub 70 yet. I'm, I'm talking about the, the, uh, you know, the history of, or the lineage of, uh, of, of Jason Highland and his companies. It, it what kind of led you, are you a techie guy? I mean, what <laughs> led you into, Hey, let, let's start pushing this to people. Yeah. I mean, so in the golf component, when I started that in 95, it was direct to consumer, but there was also kind of, you know, cause we were like distributing wind grips, which we still do in shafts. So you were selling to pro shops a little bit on that level, but it was, 
it was mainly set for direct to consumer. So when I was in college uh, at Oshkosh in 93, 94, you know, you started to see, and I lived with computer science majors, you could start to see this internet thing being able to reach people right mm-hmm. now. I never saw it big enough, right? I saw it as, well, I can not have to get a regular job where smarter people saw how it could completely change the world, but you could see the technology being able to reach people to cut layers, essentially, right? You could see that in 93 or 94. I didn't know how it was going to be there because essentially, you know, the, um, there was no shopping cards or anything like that. It was almost like an online catalog, but yeah, I was, I was surrounded by it at a young age. And if you had a business mind, you could kind of see how this could potentially change things. So I kind of gravitated towards that from the start versus normal retail. Hmm. Innovator, I would say. Or lucky, right place, right time with smarter people around you that you are than show you the way. Create your own luck, sir. Surround yourself with better, smarter people. <laughs> so so, uh, so let, let's go. I'm, I'm going to dive right in now to sub 70. So I, I went online and I, uh, they're not coming after me, by the way. They're just driving by, <laughs> if, you, if you heard that. Um, so sub 70. And uh, if you go to golfsub70.com, Mm-hmm. you'll see uh, number one, number one, number one, number one. Uh, so Dan, my co-host, uh, just asked, uh, hey, he's like, is he in bed with sub seven uh, with, uh, with, with my golf spot? And I'm like, absolutely not. Uh, it, it's, you know, things like this are happening because they're doing really good things. So talk, a, can you, can you share a little bit about where you guys are, um, where you started and then what led you into, Hey, we're going to create a direct to consumer club. And it, it's a really, and I'll talk a little bit about my experience on your website about clicking through and going through and paying a very fair price for a set of golf clubs. Well, so we had diamond tour and we had hurricane golf and hurricane golf is sort of like a TJ Maxx of golf. We'll buy, I'll use the air quotes from like you call the big five or the clothing companies. And we'll buy in, you know, large volumes and put them on Amazon and our website and eBay. And we had that business too. So I was fortunate enough that we had the facility. I had the time and I had the connections overseas at the, at the, there's not that many factories building all, all the people's stuff, right? It's not that big. It's no, no, they're building company. everybody's stuff. Yeah, because you can't have, if you're a major company, you can't have it all in one factory because if the factory blew up, there's redundancy. So I had a, I had an advantage that I knew everybody and they knew who I was. So I wanted to build, I call it building Aston Martins, right? And I was at the point in my career where if I don't do this, I'm not going to do this, right? I mean, I was in my uh, mid, you know, early 40s at the time. It's like, it, it's like I'm going to do this. And the risk wasn't that high because we already were up as a golf company, but it was going to take a lot of time and effort to develop the products because the products didn't perform as well as the, let's use the big five. This whole thing doesn't work, right? It just doesn't work because it's got, that's the whole idea. So took a couple years to, you know, I was just looking back in time. We started in 14 is when the process of it started, like putting the meetings together. How are we going to do this? It took, what we launched in 18, like four years to put it all together, to, to, to finally launch it. So 
if you're going to go battle a billion dollar company, you got to make it different. Right. So we figured, and, and I always honestly thought it would just be hobby farming. Like we would have this boutique geeky company that does everything custom made and nothing's pre-built and we'll call you on the phone and you tell me if you need it double soft stepped or, you know, you only want the, the, the short irons, hard step, but you want the, you know, we can get into well, you, you, you set yourself up for that because, uh, if you go to uh, golf sub 70.com and you look at the reviews, uh, it's like, Oh no, Oh no. Jason called me. Jason <laughs> called me. Jason called me. No, I spoke with Jason on the phone and, and, and speaking from uh, this is real life shit. And you and I have never spoken before. Uh, like, uh, I, I go, sh- I show up like, uh, I don't know, four or five weeks ago, maybe longer, but anyway, but he, he he's like, Oh, Hey, uh, I know you're playing Mura's and you got me to buy those mirrors, but I'm playing these sub now and you won't believe, do you know a guy named, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it, Kevin McBride. He said he spoke with you multiple times on the phone. I don't know if you remember everybody you speak to, but <laughs> Kevin McBride said he spoke with you. And I know this guy, he's like a belaborer and he may <laughs> fudge a little bit on the golf course, but he spoke with you multiple times on the setup and how they need to be and what they need to be crazy shit. Hmm. Yeah. So, right. So we wanted to be like that. So I thought I was just going to get my little 20 acres and a vintage tractor and grow some sweet corn and pumpkins <laughs> and play around in my little sandbox. Cause it just seemed fun as hell to do. And why not? Right. Let's do it. I had no idea. So people kind of ask like the growth and all the stuff that's happening with it. It was literally an accident. Like wow. we just thought we would have this cool little niche company on top of the other stuff. And I'd hobby farm. And I was totally happy with doing that. And that's kind of what we did in year one. And then year two and three, it's like, boom, it's blowing up. And it's so, I mean, I'm humbled by it. Like I never would have dreamt, right. To see the stuff played on the PGA tour and over in Europe and champions tour. And, you know, I'm humbled that customers call us and trust us to build their equipment on the level we're kind of doing it with this stuff. So like, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Like this is what I get to do for a living at this juncture. That's awesome. It's fun. That's how it started. So I, I've hit, I hit the clubs, uh, or I hit a club or two. Uh, I haven't hit everything. My, mine, uh, I don't have my clubs yet. Uh, it's uh, I don't. It said it was a three week build period. I guess give or take. Three weeks. Yeah. 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 Weeks, yeah so I, I'm I'm hopeful to have them because uh, I, I'm doing. I've got a golf event coming up in a few weeks, so I hope that they get here because people want to hit them. And, uh, and they want to see what they are. So hopefully I, I got them in enough time. Well, you can always send me an email and let me know what date they need to get by, you know, shipped out by with enough buffer room. And we will make sure that happens. Uh, Jason, this is being recorded. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> just letting you know. But, but, but uh, if you know a guy, I'll send an email. I think you know a guy. Yeah, just send it over to him. We'll make sure you get them in time. It's no problem. Yeah. So, but I mean, so you, you, you went from, uh, you know, you went from TJ Maxx to, uh, now you're the number one rated direct to consumer, uh, golfing iron. I'm, I'm not going to speak about anything else. I haven't seen anything else, yet. but I mean, what, what's like, what's the, where does it stop or, or, or what's the next evolution of where do you go from here? Yeah. So what our big push will be in the next year or two, and it's happening now is, is to go international. So hmm. 
the right now we have sub 70 Europe. So imagine exactly what happens here, the same process, custom building, customer service, all done in these different countries. So our big push is going to be international. So I think, let's see, next year will be Canada, Europe, India, New Zealand, South Korea, and Chile. Are you hiring salespeople, by the way? Or, or brand representatives or brand ambassadors. I don't know what you call them. But. I mean, I, I'm not great, but I don't suck. Um, that's Jay. Reach out to Jay on social media. He handles all that stuff. I'm the I'm the golf club guy. So Jay handles that part of it. But uh, yeah, so the, we're going to keep doing what we're doing here. But we honestly think it can be a worldwide brand. And that's going to be the next push. The, the world is so flat. If it works here, it's going to work in Australia. It's going to work in South Africa. It's going to work in New Zealand. It's going to work in Argentina. So we're, we don't want to grow too fast where we can't keep up with it. So we'll limit it at first to maybe six, seven countries. And they kind of follow our lead on how you do this. And we have an expert, you know, customer service, all the rest of it. And if they kind of Dixie, Dixie agrees, <laughs> right? uh, if they follow the secret sauce in the sense that keep quality up, do what there's, you know, just do what we're doing. It's, there's nothing, there's no rocket science behind it. Just call people back when they call, stay on top of everything, build the clubs perfectly and it should work. Right. See, I, 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 I don't disagree with you, but I, I think that there's something, but I mean, you've been, you've been D to C and, uh, and, and everything's working fine, right? I mean, you, you've got you, you've got businesses that are working uh, D to C. I guess the difference is what you're delivering. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really awesome. I, I think it's cool. I mean, I went through the uh, I went through the checkout or the, the the club building process, and it asked for my great time for you to have a drink. Sure, you should catch up. You should catch up. No, you should catch up with us. Have another one. Uh, but I mean, but it's like height. It's uh, it's like you know what size glove do you wear? Uh, we're checking out. You know what's your uh, what's your wrist distance to the floor? That way we need to know, you know we know where we're at. What? Uh, how far do you hit the clubs? Uh, could you speak a little bit about the algorithms that you're using? If that's a fair term mm -hmm. or, or word to use, like how do I know? Uh, because, you know, when I go to, if you don't mind, when I go to the PGA Superstore, I know I'm going to hit a good, I, I know what I'm hitting and I'm swinging around and, I, and I'm doing, I'm probably paying, you know, four or 500 more dollars for a set of clubs. So uh, why am I getting what could be perceived as a discounted set of clubs custom fit to me based on my uh, ergonomics, if that's a fair, <laughs> fair term to use. Uh, why is it so much cheaper at, uh, at, at sub 70? So there's two main components that we just essentially cut, right? So basically, if you think about the major golf club companies, there's nothing wrong with this model when I'm going to say this because they're doing a billion dollars a year in sales, right? Oh, so right. let's give them credits do right. but it's essentially the 1950s distribution model right so just like we use at hurricane right so we're we're part of the other side of it so if you go to a pga or a superstore and buy a set of irons from the you know whatever you want to use air quotes big five right. well they're gonna they're gonna mark it up five hundred dollars on that set of irons right so that's how you get to a twelve hundred dollar set 
So you're, we are eliminating one whole layer that has to make a profit. That layer is now gone. Because, you know, TaylorMade's not sending it, selling it directly to you. They can off their website, but they're charging the same price as the right. retail. Right. The mm-hmm. So we've eliminated that layer. And that's a big layer. Mm-hmm. The other layers we eliminated was we don't need an outside sales force because we do it with a hub and spoke. Mm-hmm. So we don't need that whole level of guys in the field because there is no field. The field is Sycamore, Illinois, shipping the boxes back and forth. Mm-hmm. So that's eliminated. Then the other thing we said from the start is we're not going to pay players to, to play the clubs. I have to pass that on if that's the case. We will work with touring pros. We'll obviously give them free clubs. But the only way we will work with a touring pro will be like how we did it with Tommy uh, or Tommy Armour III on our project we did with the TA3. So we will partner in with him where he gets a percentage for his work and expertise that he brings to the table. But the difference is rather than just having us sponsor somebody to carry the bag for three years or whatever it is and a nine club minimum. And they have to, you know, the traditional contractual way of golf club companies working with players. A good analogy is the small batch bourbon. We want to bring in a touring pro to come in and make their version of a bourbon. And then we partner with them to make a small run. But you know, Tommy's hands were actually in that design to make it a little bit more, unique or real that he's just not branded by sub 70 because he's got a contract and we pay him. He's got a vested interest in the company that those irons perform. Mm -hmm. So we want to work with professionals that we choose to work with, or they choose to work with us more on that level. It seems more, it's just more fun, right? It's more authentic to get their feedback. I mean, Tommy played the tour for 28 years. He understands this stuff. So we're going to go more of that route. Yeah. You're listening to Birdies and Bourbon. I'm Alan Katz in Brooklyn from New York Distilling Company. Cheers. I don't know if you want to share the uh, the Tommy story, uh, or if that's for another uh, another show. Well, uh, of like how how I how I. We did the project together. Yeah. Yeah. So I had Sandy on the podcast. who's Tommy's brother. Sandy played uh, European tour, also Asian tour in the eighties and nineties. Great player in his own right. You know, he played professionally for 15 years. So now he's caddying uh, at the time for Olin Brown. He used to caddy for Tommy. He also, you know, uh, teaches and now he's Darren Clark's caddy. So I had sand, I host a sub 70 podcast and I just started that before the company was started uh, just to have, and we never even talked about sub 70, just, you know, guys. Who no, you, you, you talked about nothing except for him talking about smoking cigarettes and uh, <laughs> carrying the bag for Darren Clark. Yeah. Right. Like having fun. Like, so I, we never, we just did that because like, you know, I think the people are interesting and they have great stories to tell. So we just like, like, tell stories about golfers and, and Ryder cup captains, whatever it might be on and, and, and share the story. So Sandy and I got along great and we did a two parter on it. Um, and you know, and there's one of those unwritten rules. Like you just don't ask then, Hey Sandy, can I talk to Tommy? It just doesn't work that way. Right. You just, Hey, Hey Jason, uh, could you come over here and get a picture with me real quick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, to what you're saying, right. I mean, it's like, there's yeah. just uh, the, the, the professional rule, right. I mean, you, you don't overstep. <laughs> 
you don't overstep, right? And there's a professionalism to it, and 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 you you have to respect that. And that's you know, and I I wouldn't roll any other way with that. So, but Sandy asked us to build him a set of irons, and we sent out to Sandy, and Sandy really liked the clubs. So it you know this is you know and obviously they live in the same town. They both grew up in Vegas. He showed them to Tommy. So I'm, I'm like, you know, and I was like a Friday night. I like my phone rings from Sandy and he's like, Hey, uh, the big guy liked the sticks. Like, and he, you know, <laughs> would it be okay if he called you? I'm like, well, sure. He's like, you know, don't, don't share the number. The phone call comes over. It's him. Would you, you know, please take the call. Like, well, of course, you know, and 15 minutes later, you know, getting ready to go out with the wife on date nine Friday night. And it's, it's Tommy armor. The third it's TA three. So coding date night. (laughs) Yes. That's why my wife is like all excited. Like how cool is that? Right. Like he's one of my heroes growing up and we had a great conversation. He asked about the company and I said, I got this idea of this like tour blade that I'm working on and we're trying to make it higher, you know, and it's like, well, send me, send me the schematics. So I sent it to him. And then, you know, like a couple days later, I get another phone call and now we're going back. Now it's like, this is really surreal. Now I'm going back and forth with club design with Tommy armor, the third, (laughs) you know, like we're going back and forth and maybe like six weeks into it. I just, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask if you'd like to partner in. Cause this was our idea from the start of like, this is how we wanted to do it. So I proposed, you know, that if we work on it together and he gets final veto rights, meaning if it never is to his level, even if we put all this time and energy in, he gets the veto. Wow. And he also gets this, he also gets to do it when he says it's ready. But he's in control because his name's going on it. And I think that's the most it's the best way to do it, where a Turing Pro says, I'm willing to put these in my bag and I'm comfortable with these being out there. T A so, Roman numeral three, right? Yeah. G A three. So we worked on it for about a year and a half of prototyping, getting his feedback. And he's really smart with the stuff. Like he knows what he wants. And he's going to give you the honest feedback and put you to work. And he's uncompromising, which is great. Like it made us a better company. It does. What what challenges did you, uh, sorry, if I cut you off. But. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know, and then, so that's what's, that's what it did working with a Turing pro to get that club doing exactly what he wants it to do. And it's got to be perfect or he's not happy with it as he should be. He's a professional golfer. So yeah. and then we just, we just kept grinding on it and grinding on it, grinding on it. And and it's, it's consistently changing, right? I mean, it's like, you know, we, we've air quoted enough, right. But I mean, it's always, you know, you, you got new, 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 and, and there's, there's very minute changes. Uh, I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm going to talk about, I ordered the, uh, six, uh, you, uh, I don't know. Well, you probably have it on your algorithm. You can tell me what I ordered. Uh, I ordered the cavity backs. Uh, I, and I, you know, hey, like a, like a responsible, uh, podcast host, I haven't written down exactly what I ordered. I was debating between the, uh, the satin or the unfinished. I went with the satin. I don't know why I did that. I wish I would have, I wish I would have gone unfinished. I'm, I like raw. I love the look of it. Raw. Yeah. I wish I would have raw. Little patina with the green grass and a white golf ball. That's a good look. <laughs> I wish I would have. What's the what's your most popular club? Uh, most popular iron that you have? The, the six ninety nine series with the hollow body technology because it fits so many people who want extra distance but want a really clean looking club. So hmm. that just you know, most you know that fits that 
seven to 15, 16 handicap range where a lot of golfers are at. So that's, if you're just looking at sheer numbers, that's the most popular iron nerve series we have. Wow. I think I ordered the 639. CBs probably. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I wanted to. Yeah, I ordered the uh, the six thirty nine cavity bag. I wanted to get the uh, uh, the mix set that you have, which which I find attractive that you guys are doing. That you're offering, uh, you know, some some players and a little bit forgiving, and, but they, it looked like they were sold out. So that's been the tough part this year is keeping everything in production so far behind. Mm-hmm. It's been challenging, yeah. to say the least. Hanging in there. <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. Not not meant by a gotcha, but uh, but I'm not disappointed. I, what I hit was the 639s uh, of my uh, my regular golfing uh, crew that I hit, and uh, man, those things feel. So I don't know if anybody that's listening has played Muras. Uh, what what would I equate it to? I would equate it back to a uh, to a Callaway. And don't put an X in front of it. I mean, it's for, uh, I, I think what I felt from you guys, I mean, it's, it's blade style hitting, but it's really soft and yes. really, really, really fun. That's what we're trying to get. We, I mean, um, you know, just to even be associated with Mira, I, I think their quality is just fantastic, right? Like that's, that's a golfer's golfer's company. Like just even be mentioned in that same breath, but I love the way their stuff feels as well. And we, that's what we kind of wanted to go after that softer forging. Um, it's just, there's something about that pureness of impact with that softer, you know, uh, steel. And it's a little more expensive to make it that way. And we did a lot of experimenting when we were first starting it, but we use a steel called DT four and it's, it's not as commonly used, but it's softer. And every person we kind of gave it to liked that feel of it. And the testing was essentially the same from, you know, spin rates and, and those characteristics. So there's no harm in putting it in. It's, it's a little softer. Um, you know, if you play a lot, you might have to get your loft lies checked a little bit more because it is a little bit of a softer <laughs> steel. But gosh, it's got, you know, you can't replace that buttery feel that it sort of has. And that's where I think the, the feedback loop we get from the customers really like that part of the sub 70 irons. And that's kind of, the lane we're in now that people, you know, love that soft buttery feel of our forging. Well, I'll, I'll find out you're going to, um, I, I do have your email address. So you're going to get a message from me because we do have a trip. Uh, we get, we got a couple of trips coming up and I'd like to really showcase these with, uh, I hope you don't mind, but, uh, I got a stitch golf bag and, and, and I, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to take these mirrors out, but I do want to put the sub seventies in and, uh, it could be some good show time. We may have a little bourbon showcase. I don't know. We may not, but, uh, so a couple of other things, if I can, uh, so the irons are going great and you, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, here we go. Uh, how are you sub, how, how are you injecting yourself into hybrids, iron, uh, 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 woods and drivers? Same thing. You just, you go down the rabbit hole. We did, we, we started doing everything at first out of the gate and you just keep working with engineers and designing the stuff and make it as good as you can make it. And we're like, we wanted to have a full range golf company. We just didn't want to be a wedge company or a putter company. So we just, because we had so much time to get it, you know, it was a four year gap from start to kind of getting it open. So we just 
why I'm doing the irons. Let's work on a hybrid. Let's work on fairway woods. And we just kept plugging away until we got stuff that really, you know, when we tested it against the, 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 the big boys out there performed every bit as well. So that was the, that was the, it had to hit that level. Right. And, and, and I don't know, like we just, and if it didn't get to that level, we wouldn't have brought it out. We, we could have started the, you know, when we started the company, we didn't have a driver, right? I mean, they came out a little early, you know, stuff trickled in, but we, we started on it from the start of, of being a, like, like a full service golf club company. So it's just, we just kept plugging away at it. And, you know, you get engineers to help you design it. Then you make sure it sounds right and make sure the ball speeds are right. And you keep testing, keep testing, keep testing until you say, yeah, it's, it's ready to go out there. So it's the same process. It's, it's just, um, you know, you don't put it out there until it's ready, essentially. Uh, talk about your guarantee, if you will, for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you have to have that, right? Because you're getting the set of clubs before you swing it. So 60 days, no questions asked. I mean, you know, if there's a shaft change that needs to be done, we hope somebody might work out, you know, reach out to us and say, hey, uh, ball flight's a little high and spinny. Can we change the shaft up to help with that? Sure, no problem. But we never want anyone to keep a sub-70 product unless it's perfect. It has to be perfect. It drives me nuts if I have a customer who has something that's not right. So we make that process as simple as it can be. Like if you send the clubs back to us, you get a full refund. There's no hoop to jump through or restocking fee or anything like that. Hmm. Um, it just seemed the fairest way to do it because you have to have that back end guarantee for the customer to feel comfortable. And plus, it just feels like the right thing to do um, to, to, it, to, to make sure that they, they know that we care about their golf game and they play better. That's awesome. I'm not shaking my head no and like it's a wrong thing. I'm just like shit. I don't know how you're still in business, but, uh, but well, well, hold on. Because because because, because they, they stand by their product, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm sure no, it's no, no, because 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 it's a good product and and they're delivering. So you know, I mean that that's the way that it's happening. And it's like, hey, let, you know, let's fix it. Let's see what's happening. But uh, I think yeah, what, I mean, what, to clarify, Kyle, you're saying because they have such a, it's it's you would expect that, that more people would send things back, but the product's just so good that they're just thriving because of that, what you're, what you're saying. Right? Yeah. The return yeah. rates. Yeah. Low. So, yeah. and yeah. then we get them back. We just put it on pre-owned and yeah. inspect it and sell it. And there there's no go. harm, no problem. We don't want anyone to ever keep anything yeah. unless it's perfect. Like yeah. that's kind of, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Why, why am I sending this back? It's not the club's <clears throat> fault. It's my fault. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, all right, so that's okay too, right? Because we just, if someone does for any reason they don't like it, you imagine it's not good for our brand if somebody has something in their their bag and they're not even like from a confidence level, whatever it might be. They're they're not playing well. That's okay. You know, they tried it. We appreciate people even considering it, and maybe they come back two years later when their golf swings a little bit better, right? You're still making the connection with the customer. Yeah. No so still- questions asked. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jason Highland, uh, it has been a pleasure. We can't keep you all night. We're not trying to cut this short. We've got a lot of fun questions to ask you, uh, as we, uh, as we start to get near the end, uh, okay. where can people find sub 70 and how should they connect with you? And better yet, how should they play your clubs? Well, it's on the, you know, website is, um, golf sub 70.com or sub 70.com. And then we got, you know, we're on Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook. So you just type in sub 70, you know, you'll find us, you'll see the, the, the logo out there. So 
feel free to reach us, you know, from that love, you know, from those areas. And then also too, if you're in the Northern Illinois area or Southern Wisconsin, you know, you're always welcome to come out and do a free fitting at the facility. We have a studio there. Cool. And um, we're also, uh, this is new news. I'll announce it here. We're going to be opening we don't have the exact name yet for it, but it's going to be the sub 70 experience in downtown Sycamore, where we're going to have uh, a fitting center much bigger than we're in now in the really cool old building in historic downtown Sycamore that will just be appointment only. So you're going to get the whole experience of opening the whole store fittings, all of that, just one person at a time. So we are moving off campus for as many people as we have coming in, but the location of the building is just, it's really cool and historic and, we're going to bring that thing to life and and have a really, you know, uh, oh, to be in downtown Sycamore, it's a quaint little downtown. It's going to be perfect for a branding. So that's awesome. coming next. That's awesome. So if you got some more time, uh, sure. if, yeah. It, so Sycamore, where's that at uh, compared to Chicago? Well, I, I know Sycamore. Chicago, but I don't know Sycamore. If you walk 70 miles straight west or so from downtown Chicago, you bump into it. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and so that, that's going to be your, uh, your flagship store. Yeah, it's going to be our, you know, yeah, like our flagship or fitting center. Cause right now if they come in, there's a, there's Brick a and mortar, right? <laughs> yeah, it, but it won't be open to the public. It's just going to be appointment only, but we'll have all the clothing and the mm-hmm. staff bags, more of the guys, a bar in there, but we're that's going awesome, to man. just for one, one customer at a time that will open it. That's awesome. So it'd be very kind of understated, but we want that experience if they come out to visit us to be really special. And that's where the new location will, will I think enhance or make that experience even like a cooler one-off sort of thing. So what I'm hearing is we've got better things to come from sub 70 and raising the bar uh, as, as, as good as the dot com experiences is your dot com experience is uh, it's going to be elevated when you walk into uh, to the flagship. Yes, that's what, exactly what we want. We want to make that experience where if you're coming out to visit us, you can't get this anywhere else sort of experience. So uh, could we make an exception? I mean, like Dan and I are co-hosts and we're kind of partners-ish. Not partners. Don't, I think don't we can make an appointment, Cal. <laughs> well, we, we, we'll, make an appo- we'll make an appointment. Uh, is there availability to uh, set up a, a camera and a microphone there? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to have, it's it's exactly. So it'll be, you know, you guys could even come in and do a podcast from mm. the flight store nice. and do something. Like that. Nice. Absolutely. Where would we fly into? Would we go to O'Hare or, uh, Midway. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, and, oh. um, yeah, you can come out if the weather's nice. Come out in the spring because we'll probably be open in February or March on the new. No, building. no, no. We're thinking we're going to show up in like January, like <laughs> mid January. Avoid <laughs> <laughs> Illinois in January. Come out in April. We can play the Rocky Country Club and play some golf and hang out. No, January. Well, bang. Nice. Hold You'll find on, hold on. So, so Dan, Dan is horrible at golf. Uh, I'm, I'm like uh, less worse than he is. Less worse. So. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, is there a chance that we can come and, uh, to, well, I've actually got clubs in the way. You're getting an email, by the way, after we hang up off this call. <laughs> I would um, love, we would love to get there for see that facility for sure. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've ordered those things yeah. just because, because I want to be a patron of the brand and because I hit them. And I'm like, shit. Is do a fine tuning fitting, right? Oh. So you bring them in. 
And then we double check everything to make sure they're still perfect. There's a little nuance in your swing that could have changed. So then we just give it a look-see, make sure everything's right, tweak this if need be, see how the numbers look. And we'll kind of um, cross the T's and dot the I's for it. Nice. We can Spoke, spoken like a true Midwesterner. <laughs> we'll give it a little C. Uh, I love that. Uh, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll definitely try to make it up there. And we'd love to do a show at your place. Uh, that, okay. That'd be fantastic. What I would love to do is ask you a few fun questions so we get to know Jason Highland a little bit better. That's okay. Fire fire away all right jason uh no dan you go first favorite club in the bag hmm this year driver oh wow yeah nice nice driving well so first off, and then secondly, I do want to say, Cal, and I think you'll agree with me on this jason i don't know if you know uh uh pete charleston from golf logics the name sounds familiar I right. don't they, know if I knew like personally, but they make the, the they make the greens books, you know, like the greens books where you can yeah, see yeah. the greens and all that. Uh, Cal, do you, I think you'll back me up on this. I think that Jason and Pete are probably top five radio voices that come on our pod. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'd like right to now, hear a pod with Pete and Jason. <laughs> I know. If we if we so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they, do make it, they make it sound shitty. I mean, they've got really good voice. Yeah, yeah, you've got, uh, yeah. Jason, whatever you're pumping out over there is working clearly. And, uh, yeah, Golf Logics, uh, same, same. To, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we suck at this thing. I get that all the time. Like when we were in Nashville, like on an Uber ride, the guy's like, are, are, do you host a podcast or are you in media? And no, like, you, said, you said yes, because you I do have a podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Spe- speaking of, speaking of, drop a bumper for your podcast. I haven't seen you out there lately, but go ahead. For, on my po- yeah, yeah, so it. I've been so busy. And with the growth of the company, see now it, you're it, now you're just bragging. Now you're bragging. I love doing it, but it's time <laughs> consuming, right? Like as you guys know, like it's hours of prep work to do it. Yeah. Well, so, you haven't hung up on us yet, so I think we're doing. <laughs> I, I think we're doing at least like uh, at least we're not worse than a bogey. <laughs> well, the other thing is, you know, I've done like I think I've done a hundred and. Yeah. 10 or 12 episodes. Yeah. So I've talked to a lot of the guys like I've wanted to talk to, right? Yeah. And ask them about, you know, writer. Oh, oh, so you're done. So you're done talking <laughs> to all the people. I got a good one coming up. Like, this is going to be cool. Like, Lee McCoy, who I've gotten to be buddies with, who's playing some sub 70 irons, is going out to work with Butch this week. Oh. So we're going to talk about. What happened? Is, is there, hold, hold, Jason, is there another butch in golf? <laughs> You're right. You were only one, right? Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just asking. Butch Beard, right? He played the champion store, but there's one. Whoa, thing. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a so good I, show, man. Yeah. Right? Like, don't you think it'd be fascinating to be like, okay, when the cameras aren't on, what are you guys working on for a couple of days? Like, what are you going over how does he work is, he, is it hugs is he kicking you in the ass how much technical is it yeah. how much confidence is he just trying to instill that you've got this yeah so we're going to go over what's it like to work with butch from a professional level That's- and where and where can they find where can they find jason highland's podcast at and where this is going to be recorded yeah, I mean it's Podbean or uh, Spotify, Apple. It's 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 pretty much out there everywhere that we put it on. So, but it's, but it's sub seventy golf, sub seventy podcast. Yep, same logo and everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we're going to have like, and I'm trying to do stuff that like, because there's so many golf podcasts, just interviewing players anymore from even when I started like three years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I'm trying to make it a little bit different where it's, you know, yes, I think some of the questions for pros and stuff are interesting, but like that one, like I'm excited about, like what's the process that Lee and Butch are going to be working on and what, what, what's he take from that? Yeah. I think that's fat. I mean, I'm fascinated to hear if I would be pulling Lee afterwards and be like, so which shit did you guys work on? Yeah. Just as a golf. Yeah. So we're going to kind of like, try do some little bit different stuff like that. If I really like, you know, I just had time to talk about the CJ cup and cause he works for discovery land properties. What, what does it take to get a PGA tour event? What was his duties for the week? We talked about his career and equipment a little bit, but it was more or less what, what, what's that take for you guys to host a tour event? And what was your duties and the players? Like, I think that's kind of interesting, you know, how when, that kind of, when, when's our next, uh, when, when's our first sub 70 tour event? I think we may have, um, and like, like a, like a little outing thing. Cause we, we couldn't do it this summer and plan it out, uh, because like the COVID restrictions still knowing right. what was going on. Right. So I think in 2022, we might do something like in Lasonia, uh, up in Southern Wisconsin, it has a great links golf course that we may have like, you know, 24, 36 guys come up, just hang out have drinks, play some golf. So we might do a little bit of like that kind of stuff for like golf outings. That's cool. But not huge crowds, like just guys who want to go hang out and have a good time and play some competitive golf, something like that. Oh, so I think look, we'll up, look, look, that. Up, look up Pete Cowbell. He may have a uh, great spot for you. So. Yeah. Jay's handling all that stuff. Like it's um, <laughs> from the marketing side of it, but Jay, I know we have- look up Pete Kelbell. <laughs> great spot. Yeah, Jay, that one's on Jay. Jay just tells me where I, you know, it, 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 you gotta be here at Friday and, and we, but we want to do a golf course that we really enjoy playing too. And I, you know, Lasonia <clears throat> um, is a fantastic golden age architecture golf course. So, all right. So uh, Dan, you got some yeah. hanging. Go ahead. Yeah. So we're coming in. So, Picture somebody coming into town to uh, to your new facility. It's gonna be opening in March and April, or uh, yeah, March of next year, or whatnot. Well, where are you sending them to eat and drink when they're in town? Where are you sending them to play golf when they're in town? So, got to go to Kishwaukee Country Club, nineteen oh one. So, there is some. It's it's old school golf, Parkland style, small greens, classic setup, really good track. Our home course um, in, you know, in Illinois that we're all kind of members at here. So you got to go play Kish or we call it Kish national. Okay. Let's see. If you're going to do two nights, you got to go to Elwood steakhouse. My buddy bill owns Oof. it. Great food, great drinks. Got to go hang out at Elwood's one night. And is then it, I is think, it Elwood? Is it Elwood like uh, like the Blues Brothers Elwood? Same Elwood, but it's it's after the um, family that kind of was the um, they did um, barbed wire and held. So it's like a historic family. So the steakhouse is cool. after the Elwood dinner house in that's, there. So it's that's a awesome. Nod to history. So Bill does a great job at Elwood's, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking you got to go bar food downtown Sycamore the next night. You got to do burgers at either MVPs or pub 64, same owner has it. Mm. And the burgers are just fantastic. Like big, fresh made half pounders, great <laughs> pub food. So I'm going, I'm going burgers one night and I'm going to be doing seafood or steak at Elwood's one night, kind of, me, you know, a little, little, little bit more chill vibe the next night. So that's where I'm eating. If I'm in nice. nice. And are, so uh, you, you mentioned it a couple of times. So are you an Aston guy? Uh, no, well, I love it. I don't, don't own one, but I, okay. I love the elegance of an Aston Martin. 
Okay. Right. I think there's nothing more uh, because I, 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 I love Ferraris and all sports cars, but there's something about a silver Aston Martin going through the English countryside to me that just says class and it's understated elegance. I, I love the lines on those cars. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. What, what, what's your, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, take the rebound off of this because I also wrote down car guy <laughs> and what's your, uh, I don't want to know what you're driving today unless you want to talk about it. Yeah. What, what's your like dream car? Like that's just that it's it's sitting in the driveway and that's what not not every day I'm just gonna that's my car and I'm just gonna drive it. Realistic or just it like I've got more money and I know what to do with sort of vibe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's go with you created a fucking D to C golf club company and uh, you don't know what to do with it. So let's go that way. Nineteen fifty three Mercedes SL Gull winning, right? Oh. Wow. Yeah. Nice one. That's the most beautiful line. Two door. Two door. door. That's, that's the most beautiful sports car I think has ever been made in my eyes. It's the most, the most elegant, beautiful lines I've ever seen. Awesome. Gorgeous car. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it. Do you you have a watch that's like your, uh, your watch guy? I'm a watch guy. Yeah. Oh, oh. So in the same vein, uh, what's your watch that you created this? Uh, I don't know what's happening, but everybody wants to buy my golf clubs. What's your watch? What am I wearing now? Or what do I, what do I normally wear? Is that both. The, both. Right now I've got a uh, Ulysse Nardan uh, hammerhead limited edition divers watch on. Nice. Um, I love UN. So a little bit, you know, now hold up, hold up, hold up. Yep. There you go. It's nice. Very, very nice. Um, you know, Rolex, I'm kind of at this point kind of bored with a little bit just cause it's like every, every, I mean, when you first get your first watch, right. You gotta go, you gotta go your Rolex. Yeah. Um, I like Panerai a lot right now. I'm yeah. really into Panerai. Uh, I like how subtle it is. Um, Paul Picot is a the more popular in Europe. I really like, they have, um, Called the, I have a Yachtmaster Three Chrono. I wear that watch That's a, a lot. Nice one. Yeah, it's a really cool watch. You don't see it every day. Um, you know, Brentling, right? You gotta, you gotta get a Navitimer. Like that's just iconic, classic. You gotta go Brentling Navitimer. Uh, what else? I think that's. I wear the UN and the probably the Panerai the most recently. I, I really like, I like the Panerai vibe of just how. You know, it's it's like a military watch, but some elegance to it. But it's like really understated. Yeah, I love their stuff. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay, uh, Dan, I, uh, uh, I I have nothing else. I okay. mean, this guy, well, Jason has shared so much with us. Yeah. Uh, you 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 uh, you close it out. Yeah, no worries. Thanks. I've really enjoyed it. If you guys ever want to do it again, let me know. If you want to ever come up to DeKalb Sycamore, it is an open invitation. Awesome. When the new facility is up, you guys come on up. We'll hang out, drink some beers, have some bourbon, yep. go to Elwood Steakhouse, and nice. uh, we'll be happy to host you. Nice. Jason Highland, uh, I am uh, I'm almost repulsed at that 
sentiment because you <laughs> never know what Dan's going to do once he gets there. But once he gets there, you'll definitely know once he gets there. Nice. It will cause a little bit of trouble, right? I mean, it will be a Friday or Saturday night. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Jason, Jason Highland from Sub 70. Holy shit. Has this been a fun conversation? Thanks, and guys. we've drank a lot of bourbon. Cheers. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers, Jason. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Oh, my God.